This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Morena no mai kiti korero. Welcome to the catch up on Manawatu People's Radio. Tereo irarangi o tangata o Manawatu. It is uh, still lockdown, still level four uh, across the country. Um, but we are going to keep the catch up going as much as we can. And true to form, it's a Monday morning, and that means we have Jilly Jim Jilly Jilly Emmingham, uh, also known as Jimmy Ellingham, uh, on Zoom this morning. Good morning, Jimmy. Yeah, good morning, Price. <laughs> How are you going in this uh, in this lockdown so far? Evidently fine, as as my uh, as my stumble uh, demonstrates. Um, yeah, it is level four. Uh, Jimmy Ellingham from the Manwood Two Standard. Obviously, the reporting will be focused very much. Uh, I would have thought uh, on the COVID outbreak, the Delta outbreak. Uh, I guess. Manawatu seems to have come away relatively unscathed so far, touch wood. Thankfully, this uh, radio station is built with proper timber. Um, but uh, there is that one bull's case that um, uh, just brings it a bit closer to home. Yeah, it's a location of interest, isn't it? Last Monday, those people returning from Auckland to Wellington stopped off at BP Bulls between 9.30 and 10pm on Monday. So that brings it uh, into our area uh, a little bit. There's also, I suppose, Waiuru is fairly close, and there's the there's the Zend Energy uh, petrol station there, plus the well-used public toilets, uh, places of uh, interest from up there. But otherwise, we have no cases in the community here at the moment. Um, touching wood as well. Um, coming broadcasting from my bedroom, so I can touch the, the wooden bed frame uh, as I as I do that. Uh, lots of testing though, and um, you you yourself. Um, at Manawatu People's Radio, you're, you're nearby the Main Street testing site, aren't you? And you posted a video I saw online last week. Of, uh, was it that Wednesday? Was it the testing line going around the corner? Yeah, we uh, yeah went right round from uh, uh, up Main Street onto Princess Street and back round onto Broadway in, in front of my work. Thankfully, uh, so, some some very good driving, leaving all the the entrances to all the driveways free, which was handy. Oh, really? That's because you'd think they might not have bothered, assuming perhaps people wouldn't wouldn't be there. Well, they, ob- they obviously thought, you know, man, we're two people's radio, you know, the, the hive yes. of activity during lockdown, we must leave that clear. <laughs> and an essential service, of course, so everyone would have, uh, would have known that. Uh, yeah, one of our photographers, too, took some drone uh, photos from, from the air showing those queues snaking around uh, the streets as well. And Mid-Central District Health Board on Friday night said, I think it was 1,500 people had been uh, tested across the region on that Wednesday and Thursday, which is uh, quite a lot. I mean, that's up significantly on what you normally uh, expect. And the vaccines continue as well. It opens for um, us under 40s on Wednesday, I think we can book. But uh, you said you've already booked. Uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Jimmy. Yes, uh, I, I booked. Uh, I, actually, I booked the day before. The, the day of, when, no, Thursday. I booked on Thursday, that's right. Um, I came into work uh, to sort some stuff out for, for this week and uh, saw on, on social media the book my vaccine thing and went, oh, I'll, I'll have a go at that. Um, and lo and behold, I'm booked in, which is uh, 
good in a way because the people have there's been a flurry of activity to get the vaccine um and i know the the drive through uh vaccination center uh in manfield in fielding has been incredibly popular uh, and they've been doing people that uh, haven't booked um which was slightly contrary to the government messaging they were insisting people book didn't they it was yeah they told us now that they're only going to do bookings um, but last Thursday at Manfield, I think they did 300 people, we reported. But uh, when we spoke to some of the people organising that, uh, they reckon they could do up to 1,000 a day. So it's, it's really getting uh, chewing through them at that Manfield Centre, which I think was the first uh, drive-in vaccination centre in New Zealand. So another another first for Fielding. And uh, good, to, good to see that happening. And over the weekend, too, in Fielding, we had a drive from local iwi uh, to get people vaccinated. On that, uh, They had 600 doses and they'll use 500 of them on Saturday, and I think they had to get extra supplies uh, on Sunday as well. So that's really getting through people in that town. Indeed. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess the, the, the good thing is with all of the testing and, and Palmerston North uh, and I'm assuming other places in Manawatu as well are doing the water, the wastewater testing as well. It, it's going to be pretty quick and clear if it is in the region one would have thought. Yeah, and it's the five days, isn't it, that um, I think with this Delta variant I've read, if, if you get it within, or if you guess it, within five days it would show up. And so looking at the only contact that's last Monday, isn't it, so you'd be expecting that if there were people around here that had been tested, of course, so long as they have been tested, that that would be showing up by now. And there was some talk uh, we saw in, in the national press this morning about, you know, from officials down in Wellington talking about the possibility of regional uh, variations with the lockdowns. Who knows if it'll be, there's a decision being made by Cabinet, I think, today with the lockdown, that the current one due to expire tomorrow night. So who knows if that will happen this week or perhaps later on. It's a bit too early to tell, isn't it? Well, St. Michael Baker, uh, the, uh, the well, the, the voice of COVID, it seems, in uh, New Zealand has been saying we need a bit more time. Uh, I don't know that that necessarily means we can't go to level three because, I mean, level three, people inaccurately, in my opinion, still re- reference that as a lockdown because the restrictions are pretty heavy. So th- there is the potential there uh, for a move. But I don't think anyone can predict what's going to happen at the moment. All it's going to take is a few extra cases and maybe a new area, and that just blows the thing wide open again, doesn't it? Yeah, and speaking of lack of predictions, perhaps moving on to one of the other things we're going to talk about, the, the Kiwi Rail uh, freight yards hearings, they, they were, they're halted at the moment or stopped in their tracks, as, uh, as our reporter. <laughs> she loves the pun. Uh, Janine Rankin, the council reporter. But uh, the commissioner hearing that sort of on Tuesday night said, Something along the lines of, oh, I understand there's going to be a COVID announcement tonight, but it's uh, unlikely to affect uh, our uh, <laughs> our region. So uh, it shows the futility of predictions, doesn't it? It does indeed. Uh, so I guess the, the, the message at the moment is just sit tight and wait and observe those uh, level four lockdown rules. Um, has there been any trouble, Jimmy, in Manawatu with people protesting or not wearing masks or anything anything the police have brought up? No, not, not that we are, we're aware of. We have seen around the country, of course. I mean, there was including a, someone spitting at a security guard I saw over the weekend and that sort of behaviour. Uh, not aware of any of that around here. Not aware of any protests uh, as such. I mean, at North, we don't tend to protest about anything, do we? So about um, actual things that matter. So <laughs> the likelihood of um, the sort of uh, the, the fringes going for a protest 
would, would be very slim, I'd say, at Manawatu. So no, nothing that we're aware of, but uh, we, we will uh, we'll keep an eye on that. That's one thing to, to look at for sure. Yes, Palmerston North needs a good, meaty, irrelevant issue to get all uh, hot and bothered about. Um, let's move on then, uh, Jimmy. I mean, I, I guess I, I, sh- I just want to take this point to say that if people were listening to NPR last year in the, the first lockdown, we had a, a, a morning show and we were talking to a whole load of different people about the situation and, and monitoring it as it, it unfolded. Um, we, we really don't feel there's a need to do that this time. People... People seem to know what's going on. I have the, the, the benefit of, of being at NPR and being an essential service, so travelling into work every day uh, or most days, and I can see people just getting on with it. It was quite interesting during the first lockdown, people were sort of walking around their neighbourhoods and being all excited by it and, oh, look, we haven't done this before. There's a bit of dejection in people's step this time. It's like, oh, God, I'm walking around the neighbourhood again. <laughs> the novelty value is definitely gone, isn't it? And also, um, the weather's changed. It's winter now. It was uh, autumn, I think. Last time wasn't much, uh, April. And I've noticed that there's a lot fewer people, uh, well, in the days so far, a lot fewer people out exercising. And yeah, the last time we saw quite a few people in parks within their families, of course. But I haven't really seen that... Uh, this time either, but you are right, there's much more acceptance. And you pointed out too, lots, much more mask wearing. Yes, l- lots more m- mask wearing, but I, I think the reason you're not seeing people around town is that some people are maybe flouting the rules a bit, because my road, and I live in the middle of the country, I have no neighbours, my road is awash with cyclists and runners, and it's, it's like Piccadilly Circus. It's incredible the amount of people. All, of course, you know, social distancing and, and the like, but yeah. Maybe maybe people are just desperate for, for new spaces, which is technically yeah. against the well, rules. One, one thing I have noticed too, uh, Fraser, there seems to be more cars on the road, and I measure this uh, anecdotally, uh, and perhaps that's because more people are in fact allowed to work this time. Remember last time at first there was virtually no one, and then there was a slow increase uh, in what was deemed an essential worker across uh, across the few weeks that we had, but there just seems to be more cars on the road. Um, just anecdotally, if I run or walk around, uh, you know, it used to be quite easy last year to step out onto the road around people, but uh, I'm not. I'm a bit loath to do that this time when there's actually uh, <laughs> traffic heading your way. Well, um, and, and possibly week, because of all the people getting tested as well. Yes, now it could be that as well. And um, last week I thought, uh, one morning I thought, I'll go, I'll go and take a photo of Pitsurbit Air and showing no cars there. And just, but, but I couldn't do that. There was actually a, a relatively... Um, I wouldn't say a steady stream, that's overstating things, but there were enough cars that it sort of looked like a, a weekend, a Sunday morning rather than the a lockdown that we experienced last year when there was just no traffic on the road at times. Indeed. Uh, so let's move on to some other issues. We are here with Jimmy Ellingham from the Manawatu Standard and their pages are not crammed from front to back with COVID. There are other things going on as well, uh, including, pro- well, it's, it's related, uh, including progress on the Gorge route, but also, well, the new one, but also discussions on the old one. Yeah, so the new Gorge route is uh, progressing at pace, really. they apparently ahead of schedule that uh, new Manawatu to Hawke's Bay Highway is supposed to open in late 2024. And apparently they've had a good winter construction season. And I think that's perhaps been helped by the weather. It's not been too bad, has it, till recently it's been quite wet. Uh, but at the moment, there's a halt on construction because of Level 4. So all but essential work uh, has come to uh, a stop. And that would just include sort of maintenance, health and safety stuff. I went and had a look at the site the other day, and there really was no one around. There was, there was one man, sort of, who I noticed drove around to see what myself and the photographer were doing for a little bit, but uh, obviously we didn't uh, cause that much suspicion because he, uh, he backed off 
Um, but level three, that work will resume. They have to put together a plan to see exactly what they can do under level three. Uh, and that's contrasting to around the country, some projects, I think Transmission Gully is one, that are allowed to continue under level four. But I guess there's a bit more urgency with those ones than what we see with the uh, Manawatu Gorge replacement highway. Um, from the Ashes end, from your part of the world, Fraser, you can actually see progress quite clearly. There's a temporary bridge that's been constructed over the uh, Manawatu River because the, the new highway starts where the old one did mm-hmm. virtually. And then well, there'll be a bridge across the Manawatu River and then what they call an eco-viaduct, another bridge, up over some sensitive uh, wetland area before it climbs the Ruahine uh, range, lower slopes, and sort of skirts around those southern slopes near the wind farm. Uh, and that sort of area before going back down to Woodville. And you can see quite visible progress now, can't you? There's I mean, scarring, for lack of a better word, mm. in the, the landscape where the roads will go. Um, it's, it's pretty visible from Ashurst as well, isn't it, Fraser? Uh, yeah, pretty visible. If you just look at the ranges, you can see where the new route's going to be. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so far, apparently, they've moved uh, 500,000 square metres, uh, or cubic metres, I think, it is of material. So that's uh, basically. Because the you know the hills being as they are, they have to smooth the run a little bit. So they're, they're filling in a couple of gullies and using the, the, the dirt or the material from the bits where they have to scrape scrape off the surface to try and make it a smooth run. That new 11.5-kilometre road will apparently only take 13 minutes to drive, which is a big improvement on the saddle road, uh, especially if it's 60-kilometre-an-hour uh, limit. It's a, it's a $620 million project uh, altogether. Apparently that eco-biodict I mentioned, so the first bridge... Um, the Palahaki Bridge is the first bridge over the Manawatu River, and that's about 300 metres long. And then behind that, there's another 300 or so metre long bridge, and that's apparently encountered some engineering uh, issues, to use the uh, Waka Kotahi NZ Transport Agency term. But it's, I mean, it's fairly early days, so I don't think that's a, uh, anything to worry about at this stage. The other thing that we've been seeing over the winter is there's been lots of planting. Apparently, there's going to be 1.8 million plants will be put in this part of this project. Already there's been about 130,000, and they expect to get 200,000 in this winter. So it's the winter planting season. Um, and just finally, of course, it's 10 years last week since the slip, the 2011 first slip in the Manawatu Gorge came down, which closed that road for 14 months. Wow. Um, yeah, and that, that sort of really was the catalyst for this road, wasn't it? Because that prompted much debate about the future of the route. And uh, in 2011-12, we had a 14-month closure. And uh, that, I mean, there's been many closures down the years. There's been a few. I remember 1995, and there was a big one. And before that, there was lots uh, too. So since 2017, when the current um, slip came down that closed the Manawatu Gorge Road, the transport agency has spent two million dollars a year on saddle road upgrading it, and it spent four million back in 2011-2012. So I mean, <laughs> ten years ago there were talks of how we needed a more resilient route. It's finally happening. Yes, but. Uh, I have to say, I have to say though, uh, I went to Hastings a few weeks ago and took the saddle route. That road is unrecognisable from when we first had to use it. It, It's it's a proper road now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the best part of ten million dollars being spent on it since then. But you're right; it's been what it used to be a goat track. And I recall after that first slip came down in 2011, a couple of times driving to Dannyburg, and if you got stuck behind a truck on the saddle road, there was maybe one or two perhaps slow vehicle bays, but they were so tall, tiny that if, you know, if you couldn't, if it was a big truck, you might not actually get past, particularly in the uh, old work vehicles we had 
at that point you'd have to sort of drop down to second gear to <laughs> even have a chance. But but yeah, it does. It's 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 not a bad drive anymore. It's still perhaps a bit slow, but that's the nature of it, isn't it? It's mm. not not sort of the. I can't imagine there'd be too many parts of that road where you'd want to get up to 100k's. Uh, even 80k seemed a bit uh, too much. So I mean that, that 60k an hour speed limit was introduced, I think, two years ago, and it seems basically about right, doesn't it? It does indeed. Um, let's uh, move on, Jimmy, uh, to the prison. You wanted to talk about the prison? Yes, I do. Actually, I, I might just, if I can, just finish on the gorge, uh, looking at the old route uh, first. Oh, of That's course, right. yes. Uh, yes, the, the, the state highway three, the old road through the gorge, has been uh, shut for now four years. But uh, anyway, if you go down and take a look, you can quite clearly see it's a popular walking and uh, cycling route. And uh, the other day, and most times I've visited. There's, um, there's these big fences up. There's always sort of holes in them that people cut. <laughs> but uh, apparently the um, transport agency, they're, they're actually looking at what they can do with that old road. And so that, that process has started this month with the collection of what they call geotechnical data. And I think that's just to see if the hillside is stable enough. Uh, and if it is, they're going to look at what it could be stable enough for because obviously there's different uh, – a road would create more movement perhaps than walking cyclists, which would create very little and uh, it's too early days to say exactly what would happen there because they're going to spend the next month or two analysing that data. But there's possibilities such as making a walking or cycling route, perhaps returning it to the local councils, as you see with those roads down in Kapiti once a new state highway opens. So, um, so there's all, all sorts of things that could happen there. And the cyclist groups, um, yeah, the cyclist groups that I talked to have uh, have welcomed that move because, as they point out, Saddle Road and Paia to a track are not uh, places you'd want to cycle or indeed walk or run. Uh, over, so. Well, in fact, uh, there's a, a cycling association that actively uh, uh, disencourages people from using the Paiatua track for cycling. It's just too dangerous. That's right. That's the New Zealand Cycle Trail website says uh, don't do it, take a taxi or get a lift or something like that. And uh, I certainly endorse that. I, I remember once driving over the saddle road at sort of dusk. And there was a cyclist there, and I thought, goodness me, because you know you're coming around the corner, and you sort of come across a cyclist, and you can't really get out of the way because there's nowhere to, you can't move over to the right of the lane because you'd be in the middle of the, <laughs> of the approaching traffic. So it, it does seem very dangerous. Of course, they have a right to do it, but it's more about safety, I think, than um, than what they have a right to do or not. Uh, but yeah, moving on to one or two prison, the, yes. uh, the prison house. Which uh, hosts up to 290 male inmates at any one time. I, I like and, your uh, term, hosts. <laughs> for, for lack of a better term, perhaps. But uh, four years ago, um, the, the office of the prison inspectorate did a, did a, a surprise visit, as they call it. Of course, you know they're coming, but uh, this one, they don't know when. Everyone looked busy. Found, yeah, yeah. It found quite a few things wrong out there, including um, inmates were worried about their safety, and there was just general lack of sort of exercise and lack of time outside cells. Uh, it said its treatment of prisoners was mixed, among other uh, problems, which include inadequate clothing, inadequate bedding, uh, lack of support for people going back in the community. So, <laughs> quite a quite a damning uh, review. And uh, an ombudsman report from that same year, 2017, found that prisoners did feel unsafe out there. So, uh, as a result, uh, Corrections at the time was quoted as saying that they had 90 uh, action points, to use their words, to fix some of those problems. So this year. In light of actually the, the inmate who died out there who was killed in February, Brad King, um, I asked back in March how they were going on progress for these 90 uh, action points. And it took just over four months for them to come back and say, well, there's actually now only 80 action points. So they've, they've changed it down the years, which, which sounds reasonable. And of those 80, they've done 51. So 39 were outstanding, but they wouldn't say which ones 
uh, were outstanding, citing citing safety to prisoners, somewhat ironically, and the safety of the prison. But um, the improvements that have been made out there include things like better searching for people that come into the prison. There's x-ray machines, that sort of thing. More cameras, which can only be a good thing because, as we've seen recently with some hearings I've covered about uh, suspected suicides at the mental health ward at the Palmerston North Hospital, you can have cameras, but if you've got gaps between them, it's really no no use at all, mm, uh, mm. really. So, I mean, that, that's good to see that they've improved those security and cameras. In 2019, the Office of the Prison Inspectorate returned to Manawatu Prison and uh, was pretty pleased with the changes uh, and progress that had been made. And, you know, there's things like they've now got a, an ABL, audio-visual link, so prisoners can beam into the courtroom without having to come into court for insignificant hearings and also talk to their lawyers without uh, lawyers having to travel up from Wellington or Auckland or wherever. Uh, so I've seen some progress has been made, but uh, I would have thought 39 out of 80 uh, improvements after four years does seem like quite a lot outstanding. Have they put any timeline on when they expect to have it all completed? No, no, they haven't. So uh, it'll, it'll just come along. Um, I think. I mean, they they say they're making progress uh, in that uh, in that regard. So we'll, we'll see how it uh, we'll see how it goes. I suppose there there may be some things that would be very large and unwieldy that uh, would require a lot of planning. Yeah. And, and big yeah. organisations yeah. do take do take a while to you know steer the ship. Yeah, some of it's to do with buildings. I think too. I mean, it's not if the buildings are rubbish, the buildings are rubbish. And sorry, I, I said thirty nine. It's actually twenty nine. I've done fifty one about it out of eighty, so twenty nine. Outstanding, not 39. Uh, my apologies for that. But yeah, you're right. If, if it's stuff to do with buildings and that sort of thing, that, that's quite expensive, you'd think. Um, but um, but they won't tell us what they haven't done. So uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> I have appealed against that decision. So we'll see if that gets anywhere. Well, if our schools can't afford to up- upgrade their buildings, it's uh, it would be a surprise if the prison's good. Uh, we've got we've got about five minutes uh, left, Jimmy. Just enough time for uh, th- this out- outrageous case uh, of uh, perfectly legal, law-abiding citizens buying their alcohol from bottle stores now having to do so beside a childcare centre. It's a rather it's a new take, isn't it, on the old story that we seem to write um, several times a, a year about uh, a bottle store wanting to go, and there's always someone that says that it's too close to a, a school or a childcare centre and um, and that sort of thing. But this is the opposite down in Palmerston North on the corner of Albert and um, I think it's Albert Street, and Church Streets. There's the, the bottle store. There's a big barrel there. There's the well-established Albert, the the pub and uh, uh, pokies venue and uh, karaoke karaoke venue, if that's your thing as well. So there, next to that, um, the owner of that land, uh, Warren McLaughlin, who's a pretty well-known developer around Palmerston North, wants to, or is building a childcare centre. Is that what gonna... that is? Because I've seen the is development. Child... Right. Yes. yes. So so it's taking up um, what used to be car park space and used for the Saturday market. And so it's going in that little, well, it's not little, it's actually quite a big uh, part of the land there. So the Ministry of Education said it hasn't received an application yet for the childcare centre. So we don't know exactly who's going in there. But the developers sort of come out swinging, saying if anyone is against it, that people in New Zealand are basically just professional whingers and that you'd, uh, people could whinge about anything uh, going in there. And, and Oh, give them time, give them time. It's, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because you, there's no way you'd be able to build a bottle store next to a childcare centre. So, But who knows, it hasn't been given permission yet, but it appears like a childcare centre can be built 
next to a bottle store. How long and, is it uh, going to be before someone complains about the proximity of the bottle store to the childcare centre and the bottle store is going to have yeah. to move? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yes. The, the, the principal of Ross Intermediate, which is sort of nearby, says it's not a good look because of the drinking and gambling um, you know, establishments that are, that are already there. But yeah, it's, it's a very different take on what we normally uh, report. Uh, of course, it's, always, it's also less in the, the room for the Saturday morning market. But uh, that's uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that one and see exactly what's going in there. And if there will be any objections or any issues raised by the Ministry of Education, there doesn't appear to be any. It's, as we've talked about, it's, it's the liquor licensing. When a bottle store or pub or whatever wants to open, that's when these issues are considered, um, as far as we know, not, not the other way around. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you say there hasn't been an application for it. Is the developer planning on putting something more unseemly in there and going, well, we'll start by telling people it's the childcare centre and when they get all up in arms and that, they'll be perfectly happy with this other thing? <laughs> Who knows what his intention is? I mean, he says it's a childcare centre. I don't think there's any uh, reason to disbelieve him. And that's certainly what the uh, what the rumours going around, as it were, were. But um, childcare centres too, I mean, they're, they're a they're big business at the moment. As soon as one opens, it fills up. Uh, with people, so it's, uh, it's you know a rest home would probably be the other thing that would make uh, money just as quick, but there's not enough room for a rest home there. I get the other the, the slight concern is, as you say, because of the proximity to uh, the the bottle store and the Albert as well. I don't know what the opening hours are for the Albert these days, but not only do uh, pubs sell, you know, uh, age appropriate uh, pastimes, but there's also the outdoor activities that you that you you can't you can't, for example, smoke indoors now. You have to smoke outside, and I wonder if smoking outside the pub round the back of a childcare centre. I mean, just saying it sounds awful. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, apparently going to be fenced off the childcare centre quite appropriately. Uh, so it won't be like a <laughs> – you won't be able to wander from the back of the childcare centre into the Albert's uh, smoking area, uh, as far as we know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose that's another thing to consider. Maybe the Ministry of Education will consider this, and we'll, we'll, we have to keep an eye on what uh, the, that process is uh, from its point of view. But, um, I mean, the building's almost finished, and I feel like you'd be fairly confident about that, uh, that you're going to get a licence, wouldn't you, if you were – um, that far through. Indeed. Uh, all right, Jimmy, uh, we are pretty much out of time for the catch-up this morning. I understand you're on leave for the rest of the week, so thank you for uh, joining us this morning. Uh, and I guess uh, you'll be joining the, the rest of the country in exercising in your local area and wearing your uh, your face mask. Uh, yeah, there's that term now, mandated. You know, it's, it's the polite way of saying it's the law now. Yes, yes. I, I, when I go to the supermarket, I'll wear, I'll wear the mask as is mandated. I'll also do my mandated local exercise. <laughs> Good boy. Well done. Leading by example. Uh, Jimmy Ellingham from the Manawatu Standard, thank you for joining us on the catch-up this morning. We will be back tomorrow at half past eight with another edition. I'm going to go away and work on who I'm going to be speaking to for the rest of the week. Uh, so tune in tomorrow and find out, along with me, who that will be. If you want to listen to this or previous editions of the catch-up series, head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. Uh, be safe, wear your face masks, shop normally for crying out loud, and we'll speak to you tomorrow at half past eight. Bye for now. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play 
and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.